to the 69th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Shawan, and joining me tonight, we have Mark and Ash. Mark, Ash, how are things going tonight? Good. Sorry. Uh, I just got home from dinner, so I just had a chocolate pretzel in my mouth. I don't want to crunch <laughs> it in the microphone. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm going to have to control myself and not eat them all tonight. Right. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. That bag's already halfway gone. Oh, uh, no. Actually, I just had my, my first one. <laughs> the glorious coating of the chocolate with the amalgamation of the crunch of the pretzel with the, the rock salt. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a cornucopia of flavors <laughs> going straight to my cerebellum. Oh, that's a- <laughs> I might have an aneurysm and come at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. That's our next podcast. We're going to review food in the most awkward <laughs> way possible. <laughs> they did a CSI oh, New York episode to that. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope they caught him or her. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it was a little, um, a little messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, a, there's a messy leftover. Uh, <laughs> So usually, oh, I get, God. just get a blind person to clean. It'll be good. They won't say anything. Oh, jeez. Oh man. And and all things considered, Ash, how are how are you feeling today? I'll be <laughs> fine. I think. Wait, what's, um, what's wrong, guys? Right. Hey, guys, the Canadians in a great mood. What's wrong? I, eh? I, I refuse. I refuse to bring the shit show that is American politics into this podcast. That's right. Exactly right. But if I get started, right, so, I won't stop. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that'll be a whole podcast in and of itself. So yeah, that's all right. We'll we'll move past this and uh, stay strong. So, but as always, a reminder: you guys can interact with us in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com. And finally, you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at one three zero two four four eight talk. That's one three zero two four four eight eight two five five. We love any questions, comments, concerns, what have you. So please reach out to us using any of those three services, and we'd love to uh, have an interaction with you that way. So, and you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash cinefessions, and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous sixty eight podcast episodes at cinefessions.com. So this week. We are finishing up our space horror arc with a review of 2009's Pandorum. And then next week, we begin a brand new home invasion arc with a review of Them from 2006. And uh, if I'm correct, Them is also called Ills, right? I don't know how to say it, I guess. ILS? Yeah, yeah, Ills, uh, the French original film. Okay, there you go. So make sure you're watching the right one. I know uh, I talked with a couple people that were looking up the film They. Um, which is a bad film and not the one that we're watching. So don't uh, don't watch that for the podcast next week. Make sure you watch them from 2006. I have to admit, I'm kind of sad that the space horror is done because yeah. I have fun watching these films. Yeah, it's funny like films that I really liked when it came out, not so much now, and those that I kind of mm-hmm. wrote off when it came out, I really enjoy. So <laughs> I've been a teeter totter. Yeah, and what were you saying, Ash? So, so we're not doing them, the giant radioactive ant invasion. Uh, this is true. This is another another film you could confuse that with. Yes, no, not not the giant radioactive ant movie from like the fifties. Nope, not that one. That would be fun to do too. Fifties. <laughs> I don't know fifties yeah. horror very well. Like honestly, I, I, you know, I don't no. either, and I'd love to. My my closest to fifties horror, uh, like you know, like those uh, like uh, radioactive horror, it's mm-hmm. matinee 
by Joe Dante. You know, oh, I've heard so many things about that. I want to watch that. It? Oh yeah, you got to see. It. It's really good. John uh, John Candy, John Goodman, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love him in this movie. But I love uh, him. Yeah, my fifties monster movies. I am lacking severely in the knowledge. Should be fun to check those out. Yeah, that sounds like a good future arc. All right, and last but certainly not least. We are proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so all of the Cinefessions listeners can get an opportunity to check out their services. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audiotrial.com backslash Cinefessions. With that said, I'm going to jump into my week here because I don't have too terribly much to talk about. Um, so I'm going to start with a film I actually watched a couple of weeks ago and I just forgot to talk about. It. I tweeted a bit about it, um, but never discussed it here for whatever reason. Um, it was a 2016 film called Hunters. Um, it's an Adam Albrandt directed film and it's definitely one of the more difficult films I've watched over the past couple of years. Um, basically, there's uh, these two brothers are trying to make a snuff film. So we watch as they attack, rape, torture, and murder people. Um, so it's not a film for many people, not a film for most people. Um, but I, w- I was genuinely impressed with a few things about it, like the special effects, which just looked incredible. Um, the fact that I had to watch some of the uh, making of special features on the Blu-ray just to reassure myself that these were in fact actors and everything was fake should give you a good idea of just how fucked up this little independent film is. But, and and it really is messed up, but um, you know, there's not a lot of story or character development really, but it's interesting to watch. And there was some twists and turns that I didn't see coming uh, toward the latter stages of the film. So it kept it interesting. Um, And it, and it moves pretty quickly, which is always a good thing. And, and the acting, they do an excellent job, you know? Um, so Hunters is definitely not a film I'm recommending uh, to many people, but if your your sixth sense of curiosity is piqued by my short description here, definitely check that one out. Um, I know uh, Xander Kane on Twitter talked about this because I wasn't sure if I wanted to pick it up or not. And uh, he, his response was, it's a film that'll make you feel like you have to take a shower after you watch it. Um, and he's right. It is. It's a dirty, gross film, but... So is it a low budget film or is it um Yes. Like does it look low budget or is it one of those like you know like uh, foreign films that just we don't know too much about because it's foreign and they didn't get much distribution and You know it is you can tell it's a foreign film they use um but it doesn't look bad, that said. But they do use um, basically like a kind of a found footage aspect they use you know handheld camcorders mm-hmm. uh, to kind of mask the uh the fact that it has a low budget okay um but they they do a good enough job with it like and again i'm obviously a uh found footage supporter you know a, a sympathizer but um i think they did a pretty good job with it so that it didn't feel like it was a low budget film uh you definitely can see that the money went into the special effects and i think that really pays off okay but yeah it's not one i've actually heard of before until you talked about it so yeah yeah, definitely. I think you would be interested in watching it. I don't know if you'd like it, but I think you would be interested in watching it. Well, I'm say not the least. checking anything out. So exactly, this is put on my uh, put on my list. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also rented uh, Titanfall Two on PS4 and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare on Xbox One. Um, and for me, the one that really grabbed my attention right away 
was Call of Duty, which I was expecting the opposite. I mean, I just need to come to terms. I just enjoy the Call of Duty series. And I know a lot of people don't, and that's totally fine. Um, but I like the single player aspect of Call of Duty. Um, uh, Titanfall 2 was fine. You know, I can see why it's getting a lot of love, but it's just not really for me. I'm not a huge fan of fighting robots, which you do get a lot of that in Call of Duty as well, especially this one. But um, when I have to actually be like the Titan in Titanfall 2, I thought that action was very lackluster, slow, plotting, blech. Um, but shouldn't, and- shouldn't the robot be slow and plotting because it's so much bigger, you know? Well, it is, yeah, but it's just not fun. So uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I get you. I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, it it makes sense that it's a different feel than when I'm playing as like the pilot outside of the Titan. Yeah, it makes sense. I just I didn't I wasn't having fun as the Titan. I guess gotcha. I should say. Um, but Call of Duty on there. I mean, I was fighting through like when the when the story opens up, you're kind of on this in this ice world or whatever the hell you are, and it looks really cool. And then the next level, you're like fighting through a mall. And then you exit into the city and you're going through the city, like through these like open bars and restaurants. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, uh, and I really thought the graphics were great on it. Um, I just, I don't know. It really grabbed me. And so uh, I actually have to take both of them back after we record tonight, which fuck me. I forgot to take them to work, but, um, I think I'm just going to uh, re-rent Call of Duty because I hear I'm about halfway through it already. Um, I don't play online, so there's really no reason for me to buy it. Like with the last one, I bought it and sold it back to Best Buy literally like two or three days after it came out because I beat it so quickly. Okay. Um, and so I don't want to have to do that again here. So I'm probably just going to re-rent it again one more time. And, uh, I have a three day weekend this weekend, so I'll just probably try to beat it over the weekend. But, Can you bring yeah. it on a CD-ROM? And then you have an illegal <laughs> CD-ROM copy of it. <laughs> a CD-ROM copy I don't think is going to do me much good for my Xbox. Do you need some CD-ROMs? Because I can sing. <laughs> oh, man. No sleeves, though. It'll be in the spindle. Okay, perfect. Absolutely. So just be on the lookout for that. Thank you. You're I will definitely look in the mail for that. Yeah, I'm going to mail um, yeah, last but not least, I don't know if I uh, mentioned this, but I actually watched the new Scream Factory release of The Thing a couple weeks back. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just, it's still one of the best damn films ever. Like, I just, it's such a great movie. Um, and the new Scream Factory presentation looks absolutely fantastic. Um, so if you are wondering if it's worth another purchase, it absolutely is. There are so many special features on there. There's a bunch of new ones, and it kind of takes all the old ones and puts them in one place. Um, I know I had the Blu-ray of it, mm-hmm. but I also kept my DVD copy because there were so many special features that didn't make it onto the um, original U.S. released Blu-ray. And now they're all kind of in one spot here on the Scream Factory release. And um, I know Chris was talking about that... Uh, uh, I, how I understood it was um, there were some sound issues on on one of the discs for the the, the thing release. Yep. But I thought only a couple copies got out with the review copies, and then they fixed it, which is why they pushed the release date back two or three months or whatever it was. Uh, but Chris seems to think that there are some that still got out there to customers. Fortunately, I was not one of them. Um, but I imagine if you are one of them, that probably is going to be worth something because it's such a a rare thing to have, I feel like, but so I got lucky and I didn't have any problems, but yeah, other than that, it was just uh football and uh election coverage and that's about it. So election what co- about you, Ash? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just uh, election coverage. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday. But, um, all right. So what about you, Ash? What have you done these past, this past week here? Um, 
I've gotten into a couple anime. Um, I watched seven episodes of an anime called Moribito. Um, it's a, a fantasy um, anime uh, about a female bodyguard who is trying to protect uh, a son of an uh, emperor. And uh, he's been targeted for assassination by his own father. And uh, so I got I'm like six episodes or seven episodes into that. And that's okay. pretty good. Uh, I haven't been watching it as much because uh, my wife isn't as into it as I am. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. when I feel like it. Um, I did watch. Uh, what was the other? I love the anime. And it has a re- it's called Dura Rara. exclamation point (laughs) i've watched 10 episodes of it and it follows like a group of characters throughout Mm -hmm. um japan and um so there's no real main character i mean there kind of is but but it because it bounces between them all there's no real main character by they give you the kind of idea of kind of anime it is my favorite character is a fairy from ireland who doesn't have a head um, <laughs> she's in Japan looking for her head because her head was stolen. Like, oh uh, it, it, like she, she's basically like the Grim Reaper of Ireland it is the, what, it, what it amounts to, or the, an Irish Grim Reaper in fairy tales and mm. her head vanished. She doesn't know where it went because when her head left, some of her memories went with it. And so she's in Japan trying to find her head. Uh, and, but that's just one of the characters, but it's, it's kind of revolves around a whole bunch of different weird people and different situations. And it's kind of fun. Uh, but I don't, and it's well-written. Yeah. Because it, it, each of the characters kind of fits in with the other characters here and there. And it kind of goes from there. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, cool. I watched a movie called in and I kind of. It was okay, but mm-hmm. it was kind of not. I don't know. It was, um, Infinity is hard to describe because it's like a, it's, it's kind of like the thing in space, but not, and it's kind of like Event Horizon, but not. It, it oh, okay. It, borrow, it borrows some of the ideas, and I haven't decided whether I like this movie or hate it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very low budget. The actors are okay. Um, but it, it, the idea is interesting. Um, but it's just kind of like, uh, okay. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's, it's like, I can't, I can't even give it a rating cause I don't know if I liked it or I hated it. So, yeah. uh, I know it's worth like taking a look just for like the space horror aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I ended up watching it because it's like, oh, space horror. Sure. Why not? Right. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're into space horror, give it a shot. It's more, it's a little more sci-fi-y than a horror-y. I mean, the horror elements are pretty graphic, but the, but the, the idea is more sci-fi based, you know, kind of exploring, uh, no, Infinity. Um, so, and the other one I watched was the, the six episode miniseries Ascension, which, yeah, Ascension was okay, um, I think I would have liked it more if they'd actually, you know, told a complete story in six episodes. I think they were gunning for like a series or doing these like, like an event series like every year and continuing the story, but not a single damn one of the threads that they start in the series gets finished. And oh, it goes really? Six, yeah. So it goes six episodes and you're just like, that's oh. it. 
you, you guys didn't plan anything in case yeah. you get picked up, really? <laughs> that was the uh, sci-fi on Sci-Fi Channel, right? Yeah, it, it aired okay. in like either 2014 or 2015. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I saw it on Netflix and I'm like, okay, you know, Trisha Helfer's in it. I love Trisha Helfer. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, it's... It's decently written, but it relies on like every sci-fi stranded in space and twisted trope you can think of. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like all the characters are kind of cookie cutter. Not not a single mm-hmm. one. Like, it's like oh okay, this one. I love and cookies. It, it kind of feels a little bit like <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, the new series. Um, but I think it was created and written by some of the same people, so that might be part of it. Um, but I mean, it's not, it's not like combat in space. I mean, the, the whole idea of Ascension is there, you're following this starship that left earth 51 years before, and they're on a hundred year journey to another star system. And so you're actually following the grandkids of the f- people who launched with the ship, uh, on board the ship. You know, they don't really have any kind of contact with earth. They were launched in secret. No one knows about it. Um, but the whole show starts off with a murder of one of the people on board the ship, and there hadn't been a murder on board the ship at all in the entire 51 years that they had been out there. Oh, so, wow. you know, they try to start investigating, you know, how did this happen, and they're trying to keep it quiet. They tell everybody that it was an accident when it wasn't, and yeah, it goes from there. Um, I, I'm... If you don't mind your stories coming out to an abrupt end, I'd recommend it. But <laughs> it just, I don't know. It was, from a sci-fi, sci-fi fan standpoint, I like the sci-fi ideas behind the ship and the way it would work. And, you know, they thought of a lot. They put a lot of thought into, the, into it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it, you know, in, in the people experiment on board. But it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to recommend because it just, it goes to a point and then just stops. It's like you friendly getting interesting and there's nothing. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, but other than that, that's it for me. Okay. Very cool. And what about you, Mark? Um, I did not watch much, but I did a bit, a few things. Um, only movie I saw this week, apart from uh, tonight's uh, subject matter, I went to see Dr. Strange in IMAX. Okay. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I did buy a large Coke, a large uh, Doctor Strange cup with a Doctor Strange topper, which I proceeded to drink pretty quickly. It's like two-thirds of the movie in. I had to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but I hate missing anything. So I think for a while, I was kind of maybe hate-watching it a bit just because I wanted to be over so I can go to the bathroom. (laughs) So what you do is you finish off the soda real quick, pop the top, and pee (laughs) No, it's a collector's cup. <laughs> if I do that, it's going to go down in value. Come on, guys. Hey, you know, the cup washes. I mean, really. Yeah, but the essence <laughs> will remain. It will linger forever in the plastic. Hey, you, you never know. The smell of urine might improve your theater-going experience. <laughs> well, uh, uh, up in Canada, we do a lot of things uh, you know, where we clean and sanitize our uh, theaters before <laughs> every show. Um, I don't know uh, where you guys go to your movies, but <laughs> thing is, at the same time, you know, when the walls melt, uh, the snow kind of washes away all the uh, impurities and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so I, I did, I did like visually the movie is really nice. Uh, it, it's pretty to watch. It's a bit of a mind fuck in a way too, because like the buildings kind of fall into it. It's Marvel's version of Inception. 
to put it as okay. mild as easy as possible. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking like, well, this is kind of like Inception. You know how all the buildings were kind of folding into each other and whatnot. But th think of that visual, but in the kaleidoscope. Uh, um, kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. That's it. Thank you. So picture Inception in a kaleidoscope, and that's pretty much the visuals of the film. A good twenty-five percent of the time. Um, oh wow! The fight scenes are kind of cool because you know it's the first time they're introducing uh, the mystical arts. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how that's going to tie in with uh, Iron Fist on Netflix when that comes out. I'm not sure how strong they're going to rely on each other. Um, and I, to be honest, I'm not too familiar with the characters either. So I'm not sure how integral Iron Fist is with Doctor Strange. Probably not that much. But uh, I thought it was still pretty cool. Uh, Mads um, Mikkelsen was the main bad guy in the movie. I have always liked him. Those who don't understand my accent, he's the Hannibal in the Hannibal TV show. <laughs> or the sheep in uh, the first uh, Daniel Craig Bond film. Um, so I, I think I do want to see it again. Obviously, I am going to buy what comes on Blu-ray. I have them all. Um, I think it's probably middle of the pack when it comes to Marvel releases, but it made gangbusters at the box office. I want to see a sequel because I think the character is interesting, but it's got the initial growing pains of being an origin film, you know? Um, so I... I, I Probably put it in the middle of the pack. Uh, the worst being Thor 2. The best, I think, is Cap 2. I still think okay. Cap 2 is better than Cap 3. But again, you know, I'm going off a tangent. Um, apart from that, um, I went to Toronto last weekend. Uh, me and Melissa went to see Henry Rollins at the Danforth uh, Theater in Toronto. He did a, another spoken uh, word uh concert i guess okay um so it was just him for almost two and a half hours on stage just talking oh, wow. didn't mm. even take a sip of water oh my gosh this is the second time i see him and again awesome he starts off a little political heavy maybe the mm -hmm. first half hour and then he goes into stories and those stories evolve into other stories and continues on until he cuts himself off if you have a chance to see henry rollins in concert um, I'm not sure what his status is with his band right now, but if it's just him, it's just him, a microphone, and an audience, it will captivate you for two and a half hours. Fantastic. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine enjoying that, but I've oh, never seen anything like it, so I know, don't know. It's, it's, it's one super long stand-up special because he's funny. Like, that's okay. the thing. Like, he's got his political views, but yeah. his stories are humorous. Like, you're laughing half the time. Even more than that, hmm. like funny dude, smart dude, educated, well-traveled. He knows his stuff, you know? Um, so I really liked it. Um, and I guess apart from that, um, I started watching on Netflix uh, season 10 of the Trailer Park Boys. Okay, I've <laughs> never seen any of those. Oh, man. It's low-brow Canadian humor. It's pretty <laughs> much three dirtbags who live in the trailer park, and it's their shenanigans, you know? How to get rich fast and things never always work properly. Um, yeah, so Netflix, they were on a show on a, a station called Showcase in Canada. Then I think after season seven or eight, they kind of just like ended the show, and then Netflix resurrected the show for seasons nine and ten. And I think eleven is out already. Uh, I'm just so far behind on my TV watching. I'm just watching what I haven't seen yet. So I'm on season ten. I'm halfway through. It's actually pretty funny. Um, I found the last few seasons on the Showcase. The seasons actually didn't get very funny. And for some reason, the Netflix seasons, 
they brought the funny back. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's dirty. Like they swear. There's no nudity, but you you don't want to see nudity on that show anyways. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not my thing with these characters. Um, so if you're into lowbrow Canadian humor, uh, it's, it's very funny. They're all dirt bikes. It's great. Um, <laughs> and yeah, apart from that, uh, my tattoo sleeve is uh, healing nicely. It's currently status of itchy as fuck. Try not to scratch my <laughs> arm. And yeah, that's my uh, week in media. Awesome. What, um, what was the like finishing touch on the tattoo? Was it just coloring or was it like a specific design or what? Yeah, I had coloring on the upper, uh, I guess, arm. Uh, my left arm is fully sleek. Okay. And it's from gotcha. shoulder to maybe elbow. Um, I needed some uh, color. So I, I did a seven-hour session. Wow. <laughs> I finished it. I did both arms within two and a half years. So, yeah, wow. maybe I'm suppressing, uh, you know, some PTSD or some trauma. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm colored, baby. My arms are more the color. They're looking fine. I should have done this years ago. To all you 18-year-old <laughs> listeners right now, um, boys... Chicks dig arm tattoos. If you can afford it, oh, no. do it. Don't go cheap because that will come back and bite you in the butt. But if you've got the money, find yourself an artist you like and get your arms inked. Girls dig it. I don't Nothing better, better than life lessons on the Cinefessions podcast. Yes. Get your tattoos done and uh, lift weights. There's nothing like a nicer <laughs> canvas tattoo artist. Oh, man. And count your calories, guys. Don't forget to count your calories, you know? Because what oh. you put in, you don't always put out. So, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So let's move over to our uh, space horror arc review of Pandorum from 2009. So, as always, in our arcs these are all filled with uh, these, these reviews rather are all filled with spoilers so if you have not seen Pandorum skip ahead to the end of this review or better yet pause it go watch the movie come back and hit play and then you can join in on the fun so Pandorum was directed by Christian Alvart and written by Travis Malloy it currently holds an IMDB score of 6.8 out of 122,907 votes it has a Metacritic score of 28, a tomato meter of 28%, and an audience score of 48%. It had a $33 million budget and only grossed $10.3 million, so it was quite a failure. All right, so Ash, what is your history with Pandorum? I saw the trailers for it, didn't have um, the money to go see it in theaters, and we ended up, it was one of the first Blu-rays I bought for... Uh, my PS3, actually. Oh, okay. And this is one that you said you got because you had a break in a while back, and this is one of the ones that got stolen, right? Yeah. Uh, some yeah. Well, someone made off with it back mm. in like 2000, was it 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so you watched I, ended up, I ended up buying digital, the digital version of it because it was cheap. But. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I did uh, digital as well. Um, I watched this. Um, I it had to be right around when it came out, maybe a year later. But I, no, I think it had to be in two thousand nine ish, like early two thousand ten, whatever. Um, and uh, I didn't. I for some reason I didn't like the film the first time I saw it. I actually um, gave it an IMDb score back then, <laughs> yeah. which uh, we haven't really heard since saw. So I'm excited to talk about <laughs> yeah, that again. Yeah, I'm excited but. too. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I gave it a very, a very uh, uninteresting five out of ten on IMDb when I first saw it. So, yeah. Um, and then I have not seen it since. What about you, Mark? What's your history with Pandorum? Um, you know what? I did not see this in theaters either. But uh, so first time I watched it was on Blu-ray. Okay. And uh, kind of like yourself, mm-hmm. um, I bought it blindly. And yeah. can't say that I was that uh, – it didn't leave much of an impression on me. Okay. And I don't think I've watched it since I picked it up. So this has probably been a good six years since I've uh, seen this film. Okay. Very good. You know, that's interesting because – and now it might be just because I had such a emotional 24 hours since watching this film. But I, I liked it more this time. But in terms of – it being memorable, I feel like I'm already kind of forgetting a lot of it. And it was less than, I don't know, it was like 24 hours ago I watched it. And so I think that's something to, I don't know, just keep in mind, I guess, as I, as I move forward here. You know, so I'm, that's an interesting I'm, point. I'm in the same boat. Um, mm-hmm. I like it a lot more than I remember liking it. Yeah. But I think since the ship looked a lot, or it was really dark a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, when we discuss this, I might not recall scenes automatically. I got <laughs> right. a gist, but mm-hmm. you know, for specific scenes, especially with Foster uh, or Ben Foster, yeah. the actor, um, I might not recall exact details since it gets kind of muddled in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But you get the, you know, I remember the underlying story is just, you know, some maybe some uh, uh, specifics I might, uh, you know, my memory might fill me on. So, Definitely, I really, uh, I really. Added nothing to that conversation just now. <laughs> I just no. feel like I hear a bell ring in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, it's been 45 seconds. I should say something. I don't know. Oh my god! No, it was know. good. It's good. You it's agree with me? Of course, it was good. No, I'm just kidding. Look at pretzels. I just, oh, hey, I'm digesting. Oh man! Oh, I'm gonna get a so. Ache. <laughs> um, this one it took a few minutes to get going. Um, in ter- in terms of me understanding what the hell I was watching, but I, that's entirely intentional. And even though I wasn't sure what was happening in the beginning here, which again, intentional, I was still interested. I was still engaged on what exactly Bauer, mm-hmm. right? That's his name. Yeah. Bauer was doing and what was going on. Um, and I think that's just a, a far cry from uh, how I was feeling last week where I was just confused. Um, and so I think this is, it's, it started out on, on a better foot for me, I guess. Um, and so it was, I was more ready to kind of accept what was happening. Um, the first thing that I wrote down was how fucking cool that razor was, which is so stupid. But when he was like (laughs) shaping himself, it was like a light razor. Oh my God. I thought that was the coolest thing. You're never going to nick yourself. Exactly. Ladies. Your legs, smooth. <laughs> if you shave and if you don't, I, you know, uh, that's fine too. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but no nicks, no scratches, smooth skin, baby. <laughs> Bing, I just heard the bell in the back of my head. Again. <laughs> you know, I have to admit though, I, I did like the opening because you're, you're in a space where you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Bauer is waking up. Uh, violently out of the crow tube, you know, you right. realize that his, uh, that his, uh, ejection 
isn't timed right, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then, he, you know, he gets ejected. And, like, the, just that skin, that second skin he gets, I think that was so cool, you know? Yeah. You don't know at the time, but the reason why he's got it is because he's been in hypersleep for so long, you know? And the body's adapted. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a cool visual. Yeah, and when he started peeling it off, I was like, oh, God, like, it's gross. But I, it, was, it was awesome. And I'm like, oh, let go. You know, gold member, he has his own skin. Anyways, sorry. Oh, my God. I didn't ah. catch it, but I know what you're talking about now. Yes. <laughs> Mike oh, Myers, man. Canadian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I loved that they set up uh, in the beginning of that after um, – I didn't have any of the names written down again this time. After uh, Peyton Wake is introduced to the film, mm-hmm. that there was – like marks on the door looking like someone's trying to get out. Um, I thought that was really creepy. And I thought that was a good establishment of like the tone of the film, because at that point I, I, and as I mentioned, or as I type later on down my list here, I make note of the fact that I remember almost nothing of this film. Like I didn't even remember there were creatures in this film when I watched it. I thought looking back that it was just like a, a, a mind degradation type film but man, I was completely off. I don't remember anything about this. Um, I, I remember the aliens because when I was watching, I'm like, ah, did I already see this? Because I kind of had this some confused with Doomsday. They both came oh. around the same time. Yeah, because the aliens they're very tribal, they're very primitive. Yeah, you know. Um, so and it kind of look like it's like dystopian. It's in the future. You know, um, it's, it's, it's like it's Doomsday in space. Yeah, you know, it really is. Um, I feel like that doomsday feeling kind of came up once or twice but what really came up was a different neo marshall film uh the descent it yeah. felt like to me you call it doomsday in space i i later on i call this the descent in space um the creatures are almost identical to what we get in the descent and just that and there's you a you get a what's that? Claustrophobia. those creatures are actually people ah uh, well yes true but they could be people in in the descent too. Oh yeah, <laughs> just adapted to live underground. Right. Yeah. Um. There's a scene l- later on. Uh. There, him. Um. Ben Foster. Bauer and uh, the the main female. Uh. What's her name? Nadia. Nadia. Yes. Yeah. Auntie they. Sparrow. Uh. Dive into like this. Uh. I don't. It's like a vat of sewage. I think is what it was. What I got from it. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's just filled with sewage. Like human waste. This you see, like he pulls up a skeleton of a hand and everything. That's kind of what I thought it was. And uh, one of the creatures comes up, f- walking above, and they just the way they're in the water in the sewage reminded me of I- exactly of the scene when she, uh, the main character in the descent, um, she kind of hides herself in a pool of blood in order cool to scene. not be seen. Yeah, very cool scene in descent. Cool scene in this one as well. Um, yeah. I also thought, again, going back to Descent, which now it's so more obvious in Doomsday, um, just a scene when Bauer is climbing through the cables or, you know, he's going through the ductwork and then he gets to the cable section, just that sense of claustrophobia. You know, he gets oh, yeah. stuck, you know. and He's freaking and, out, yeah. Yeah, and in a way, like, you're kind of squirming on the couch because I was yeah. watching you watch the movie. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what that light was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just like you kind of like you kind of feel he's feeling. I thought it was really well shot, and just the the helplessness. You know, like you're in space, mm-hmm. you think you're the only guy on the spaceship at the time, and you're right. stuck in an air vent. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was very cool. Yeah, and and that scene leads to so he falls straight down. This, I mean, it just looked painful, and they did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um, and then that moves right over to like the uh, when we meet Nadia, and uh, at that point she's just this creepy chick, just running around. And it's like what the hell? And then the dude hanging there. Yeah. Um, and then boom, out come the creatures, and whole oh, I, I it was a legitimately tense scene, and I absolutely love the creatures. I love the creatures in the descent. That's one of my favorite horror films, as I preached when we did that podcast many moons ago. Um, and uh, I think it it's very similar here in terms of just that tensity, uh, intensity, excuse mm-hmm. me. And um, I really like the the fight scenes overall in this film. Yeah. And, you know, before they meet Nadia, I believe they meet uh, Man, which is the uh, the farmer, I think he was. Um, the Asian gentleman. Yeah. But, but yes. That guy? He's Kung Lee. He's an MMA fighter. Oh, I'm just looking at him now. I don't I don't know Kung Lee, but that's yeah, interesting he, to know. He was in Strike Force, did some stuff for UFC. I believe he <laughs> might be retired now, unless he's doing more like local MMA shows. Yeah. Uh, I don't keep up too much with him anymore. But uh yeah, like I'm like, oh shit, I know this face. It's only yeah. after the fact, oh that's Kung Lee. That makes sense, you know? Um <laughs> but I thought it was really well cast for the for the role. Yeah, um, speaking of the oh I know this face. Fucking yeah. Norman Reedus shows yes. up for a very small part as Shepard. Yeah. And yes, I thought he he's great. And I thought he was excellent. This is a very small part. Yeah. My wife was so pissed because she's like, I know he's in this. Oh, no. <laughs> not in it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did not expect to see him at all. But uh, he does a really good job with his short role, too. And I have to admit, I really like Ben Foster in this movie. Yes. Um, he's... You know he's us in the in the mm-hmm. film, um, but just in general, Ben Foster, he's such a good actor. He really you know? is. Like he'll do stuff like Punisher. He'll do stuff like this. You know, he'll do mm-hmm. X three. Uh, I think he was Angel next three, um, and then he does dramatic stuff like Six Feet Under, which again yeah. was amazing. I I don't know if he gets enough kudos. I, I'm not familiar with any of his more recent work. I'm just pulling that up right now. Yeah, and, like his uh, his job as the stranger in Thirty Days of Night is one of the best yes. roles in that film. Like yes. he's so great. And I'm looking, you, did you watch Warcraft? No, I did not. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet either. But he was in that. I haven't seen Lone Survivor. I haven't seen uh, the program or the Finest Hours. So I haven't seen yeah. any, any of his recent recent stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like late two thousands. Uh, I I really think like The Punisher with Thomas Jane. <laughs> I went to the movie thinking it's a Marvel film before Marvel did Marvel. <laughs> not knowing the amount of violence would be on screen. I was yeah. shocked. I loved it. But oh I was God, shocked by the you. amount of violence in this in this movie. Um and then he's just awesome as the, you know, loser that lives in the apartment building. I thought he was just fantastic, you know? Praise. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, that's the other one I was just uh, looking through, and he was in um, Hostage, which is one Wait, Bruce, Hostage Bruce and Sixteen Blocks are like two of my guiltiest pleasures. They're both uh, starring uh, Bruce Willis, and I think they're both fucking fantastic films. But um, yeah, he's he's a much younger actor in Hostage, but he's excellent. Uh, yeah, he he's great at what at everything I've seen him in. So, mm-hmm. but he's a treasure. 
absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't get quite why Nadia was trying to attack them. It, because it's clear that they're not these creatures or whatever they are. So why wouldn't she work with them initially? What, what do you what do you think that was about? She wanted his boots. She was scavenging for survival, and she wanted his boots and material. She didn't know who he was. She thought he was another group or another scavenger. Where did? How because did you find I, that? There, out? There's a bunch of. Well, she when she knocks him down on his ass, she's yeah. like, "Your boots, take them off." Is that what she was saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she was scavenging out. for stuff because, like, like Norman Reedus's character, he was out for himself too. Yeah. And it, I think at that point, before before Foster gets involved, he, I think all of them are just trying to scavenge for whatever they have left. Plus, she's like the last of her group. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, there was five of them, mm-hmm. and now she's down to her, just herself. She's doing what she can to survive. Yeah. I think she was betrayed by a former lover, and now she has trouble. You know. <laughs> With uh, with anybody but her, it's just me, myself, and I. She says, <laughs> "Everybody else, I will meet them at a crossroads, and I'll decide you, at that time." Was there a special feature about her journal on the DV, on the Blu-ray? Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to see any special features; just a commentary. I can just read that in her eyes. Oh, she, gotcha. She wants to like him, right? But she can't trust him. She hasn't <laughs> tasted his shit. She just doesn't know. <laughs> You, I think you're reading way too much into uh, that. She's like, are you for real, bra? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the German accent? No, in the German Oh, my you God. Know, yeah, um, and Foster, I'm fucking for real fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Too many chocolate pretzels mixed with mixed beer. It's not. <laughs> I need some help. help. One, one thing I did like about that was that they didn't – the the film didn't focus on a romantic relationship between the two, which a lot of movies would, and I appreciated that. I feel like there was, uh, and, and no, there wasn't really even at the end. He's like holding her arm or whatever, but even then, it's more just platonic. It's not this really like they don't focus on them kind of hooking up, which I think is is a credit to the film. Well, she gained. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they didn't really have time for for romance. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. takes place over like less than twenty four hours. Right. That's true. Plus, at the end, it was more. It was more. Holy shit, we survived. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Another thing I really liked about it was uh, its use of color. Um, it's such. They make such strong choices. So they have the green light and that they're using, and obviously everything looks green, especially in the beginning of the film. Uh, so much green. Uh, there's uh, the red room where the three of them uh, they kind of come together after that fight, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then there's the the blue lights used by the bad guys. I think they just made such good contrast and uh, made the scenes look interesting. I really like that. And that is why the scenes at the end with Dennis Quaid's character, yeah, they're shot blue because that's where you realize that he is the bad guy when he's talking oh, to okay. himself. All those scenes, yeah, because it, because in the beginning he's half lit orange or red and half lit blue, yeah, because you just don't know. But they shot the rest huh. blue. Because that's where you realize that he is the one that caused all this in the first place, and he's the actual villain of the film. And hmm. it's just, and they put it blue because all the uh, the I guess the uh, cannibal tribe they all got the blue lights. So the director decided to film those scenes blue because that's when he turns into the actual villain of the film. 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. That's it is awesome. I didn't catch that on my viewing, but it's something like uh, subli- uh, you know. Oh, it's, subliminal it's mentioned in the commentary. I didn't come across that myself. I had yeah. to be told that. So yeah, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'll be honest, folks. I'm not that smarty. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, just just jumping to the end, jumping to the kind of the twist again. I've seen this movie, and I didn't see the end coming whatsoever. I thought maybe that. What did I think? I don't even remember now. <laughs> oh, I wrote it down, but I don't remember. Um, I, I was clear that one of them was one or both of them was going to hit. You know that Pandorum stage, or however you want to use the, the word. Yeah. Um, but the fact that. It was him was interesting to me. I I think I was guessing that it was a figment of his imagination because that's what I wrote down, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it to be him yeah. as just like a younger version of himself because that's what he was, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was okay. a figmentation of his imagination that he's talking to his younger self. Okay. Kind of pushing the yep. blame to him and like, you know, I'm not the guy, but as he's – as because the problem with, with this deep sleep that you're asleep for so long because you find out after the fact – that even the cryo chambers for like over 800 years, right? Mm, right. Because yeah. Over 900, years. I think. Well, the, the admission was like 923. So apparently it took 50 years or 75 years to get there. Oh, and okay. And it was like, you know, 800 years underwater. You know, my math is right. cool, obviously, but that's, that's pretty much a general idea. So the, 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 one of the side effects of these, this long ass sleep is your memory loss. Um, so I kind of like the idea of him not being or not knowing he's the bad guy yet and really right. helping. Cause I'm like, when he turns, it kind of hits you. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, I like captain Dennis Quaid. I don't want right. him to be a bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I like the character that he, they were working well together. And then he just turns. I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. But yeah. at the same time, when was the last time Dennis Quaid was a villain in any movie? He's always, a, he's always a good guy, right? Or a, a victim, or part of the, you know, part of the good guys. Like I don't remember him. Yeah, nothing, being... nothing springs to mind. Yeah, was it? Oh wait, that wasn't Dennis Quaid. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> See, well, no, I was thinking of that one where, um, where he's going around with the two brothers, and he's oh, uh, the the um the one uh, that... uh, blood simple or uh, is that with Billy well, Bob Thornton? Was... No, it wasn't. No. It wasn't Billy Bob Thornton. It was um, the guy who played uh, Hudson in Alien. Oh, uh, wasn't Billy Bob in that too? Bill Paxton and Billy Bob. Um, maybe it was Billy Bob. I don't know. But yeah, he, he, Bill Paxton's character was going around killing sinners, basically, and the sons end up picking up the the habit later. Oh, 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 frailty. Bill Paxton. Yeah, frailty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was thinking that was. Dennis Quaid, but it's not Dennis Quaid, it's Bill Patrick. Right. You know what? I think I own that and I've never seen it. Oh, you've not seen Frailty? Oh. I don't think so. I was confusing that with Frequency. Oh, okay. Oh. No, yeah, you I'm need to watch Frailty. Yeah. I need to work on my uh, my Foxtrot movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I think this is even more brilliant now that we've kind of talked about this. Because um, when Gallo, Gallo, however you say his name, was introduced... I wrote down, it felt like 
a, a, bur- a, a birthing scene. Uh, the way he like came through these wires, which you can't see anything past the wire. You just see him coming through, his hand popping out. And him, the way he's sitting there in the fetal position and he's just covered in this gross liquid of sorts, it felt like he was birthed, which makes sense because basically the, the, the ship is birthing this man, this, this figment into yeah. his brain. Uh, and I think, God, that's just, that's smart filmmaking. I really appreciate that. I have to admit, I don't like him. He's way too pretty. No, I see. I, I like him. I think he's a good actor. I've seen him in other things, which I can't recall offhand. I just brush my teeth looking at myself. Then I look at uh, Gallo, played by Sam Gigandet, and I'm like, oh, you're pretty. You're pretty, man. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm never gonna live up to Gallo, and he's a figment. Of See, I thought he was young, but he reminds me of um, the uh, the guy that they got to play the young Colonel um, from the X Men movies. And I don't think he's that pretty. But uh, you know, he, he yeah. thing is, he he was like young at the time because when the film started, you know, it's like named 123 days. Or years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see him, you know, like starting the the mission, being very young, and then you know, aging every few years when he gets out of the chamber and goes back in. Type of thing. At least that's right. what I'm assuming. I don't think he was in the. I don't think he was frozen as long as Barra was. I think he probably took jumps in and out every you know twenty thirty years or so. I have no basis yeah, for this hypothesis, what, but that's what I, that's the film. No, there, there there is an actual basis for it. Ooh. When that dude was telling the story. The cook, yes. yeah, okay. When he that was cool. the story, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because uh, Gallows uh, is the is the the king. He's the one who was he set up their whole society. At, you know, he brought them out and everything else, and and started this whole them eating people and everything else. Yeah, in the first place. Oh. Uh, but he basically wakes himself up every few years. Goes. Oh, and he inserts. Yeah, he, he insert. He gets he gets tired of playing. Goes back to sleep, and then and then the next crew, the next crew who's supposed to take the watch, gets up and frees him, not knowing who the hell he is, and he keeps doing that around and around. Yeah, see, and, and that's the thing. Like, I I didn't get that completely, just because if I was the you know the uh, evolved tribal people, like, the only reason why they're tribal is because. They're adapting to the ship, right? Because of these super enzyme serums that they're getting pumped into their veins to help them get more used to the ecosystem on the new planet. But mm-hmm. instead of yeah. on a new planet, they're just they're living on the ship. So I guess they just adapt. Yeah. I'm assuming their eyes are kind of pitch blacky in a way because it's, right. it's dark most of the time and they probably can see in the shadows. Yeah, but uh, let's not talk about that film. But yeah. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> just Silence! Silence. <laughs> um, like what I don't get is how did he just not get killed sooner just because i is he really like do they really follow him as a king to me gallo is the king of the of the space tribe and not and not Peyton. no because i think he keeps himself separate from them i think after they got to a certain point i don't think he like associated with them okay you know yeah and i don't think he thought he meant that he was king of the cannibals per se i think he set that society up and the way they started evolving that way but okay. he was more king of the ship. Yeah. You know, he 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 killed all the other you know, all the other people, and he's the king of the ship, and the sleepers are his toys. Yeah. And those hieroglyphics mm. that were uh, scraped into those walls, yeah, those look creepy. Yeah, they like, were very cool. I really dug the art on those walls. Definitely. 
Um, that's kind of where the story started getting really confusing to me, a little convoluted. Yeah. And I think that th- that strand kind of sticks with the film through the end. Um, it almost gets too convoluted for its own good. And I think that hurts it a little bit, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, another thing I liked was the, once we got to, uh, Naomi's home area or Nadia, excuse me, Nadia's home. Um, she said, this truly is Noah's Ark. And just looking out in this vast room, uh, the special effects are cool. It's just like lights, but it just looks so big. And I thought that was such a really cool view from that room. I thought that was awesome. That was pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I did like that. I, and even with, you know, the, them failing, it was a neat shot. I like the right. way they did that. Yeah. So can we talk about the coolest thing in the movie? Please. The little tribal child. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> She freaked uh, me the yeah. hell out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what horror movie you're in. Some little freaky child, <laughs> you have a chance to kill it. You do it. That's right. <laughs> you do it. You snuff yeah. it out of existence. <laughs> yeah, because that damn thing came back. I did not expect at the nope. end there when it sliced uh, who's ever neck that it sliced. I think that it was, was the cook's. Con- 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 uh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Well, no, he did try to do that in the abyss and it still ended up okay. So, you know. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, well, yeah. when the, the little scout yes. and then the, the pseudopod and everything else. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. fucking terrible anyway. Who cares a shit? But I thought hey, the shut f- your hole. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought the, the like the, be- the, the kid's face yeah, egg shape. The eyes kind of buggy a bit. Um, mm-hmm, innocent yeah. but savage. It reminded me a lot of the cute aliens in shit uh, with uh, uh, with um, Tim Allen Space Quest Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a way, it reminded me of the aliens when they land on the on the planet. You know, with the Ragnarok or Ragnar, mm-hmm. and before they go critters. You know, they're kind of cute. You know, right. uh, kind of remind me of that, like the before and the after. You know, there, there, there's there's violence and beauty, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love when um, the honey badger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they all uh, so they get the the one creature kind of separated, and then just all of them just annihilate him. Um, what that did for me was just set up how powerful these creatures actually are, because it made me think that if they get multiple creatures at once, I mean they're they're screwed and then the big ugly dudes pounded on the thing and here they are you know here they all come uh it's just it provides such a sense of doom which i it's fucking great and i think that leads them to the cook right that's kind of when they're running from that yeah that that's how they end up with the cook yeah which that ugly bastard man i felt like he was kind of like i don't know somewhere oh, oh in the process I, of changing i absolutely love his death scene too because he runs up expected to be saved, and Koi's just like, all <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right in the yeah. eye, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they show it too. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. They show the eye after it's been shot, and it's like, oh man, um, that there's one guy, and this is back when I was talking about, um, the guy gets out of hypersleep just to be eaten alive by the creatures. I thought that was just so brutal. That's called piss poor timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that was that was uh that you could tell that was really hard for for Bauer too cuz he's he just wanted to go back and save that poor dude. Right. Yeah. And, and she's just like uh no. 
<laughs> we need to run. <laughs> I liked how they showed um, Quaid's character, Peyton, um, because I feel like I could see his character slowly degrading as the film went on. And uh, it, it it finally peaks at, you know, at the end, which I think is just awesome. And I think they did such a good job with it being subtle, but still, you know, evident. So what other moments kind of stood out for you guys in this one? Um, um when, uh, Quaid's character goes to space his alternate self <laughs> he's like he, he you know he, he puts him in the capsule and he's like demanding oh. you know you, you, you right you kind of he's like oops sorry <laughs> I love that moment yeah it's pretty funny yeah, especially I, now that we know what happened you know or who he was yeah yeah for myself I think I've really mentioned all of the scenes I really like the most Apart from that, it's just the chase movie in space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, not it, exactly right. It's very video gamey. You go point A yeah. to point B to point C. You know, recharge your reactor, set it off. Yeah, we're saved. You know, so yeah. um, again, very dead space ish. You know. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have that much more to say about it. Really. Yeah. I think my only complaint is I would have liked to have seen the sets a little bit better. Um, like the corridor shots mm-hmm. and it was darkly lit and I'm wondering if they didn't dark light them just to hide the fact that they didn't have a very big budget. Yeah. Which is always a possibility. Oh, one thing we completely forgot to talk about when they're at the reactor and then Bauer falls off the, I guess off the path yeah. and lands in the, or lands on a beam, then falls into like the pit. Uh, tribe sleeping pit. Yeah. And then covers himself in human skin. I love that. To try to get, you know, not get detected. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. But can you imagine the smell? I, that's what I was thinking that too. Room? Yeah. Oh my God. It would <laughs> smell like 30 day old ball cheese and unfermented bread <laughs> leavings. And, you know, like, oh. Oh man! And don't forget grease because it's in a reactor, so you know it probably smells like a like a, like a mechanic's uh, shop, <laughs> yeah. and pretty much a mechanic shop and a gyno office all in one. <laughs> oh no! Imagine they get in this small ball. You put it thirty thirty minutes uh, on tumbler dry, and then, <laughs> and then you just open the door and you let the flies come in. You know? Oh god! Pee yum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, let me ask you this. So at the end of the film, obviously, our, our two heroes make it out. And then there's these other ship uh, pods shooting out of the water. Yes. What are those other survivors? Like, what, what's your take on that? What's going on here? Yeah, well, so there's multiple watches, right, uh, on on the ship. Because you're only supposed to be working for so long, frozen for so long, blah, blah, blah. So those are remaining survivors. And that's the reason why the tribe lasted so long in the ship. Because nobody, they didn't all get thawed out at the same time. There were random thaws here and there. So the whole crew didn't get slaughtered. Some were still in hypersleep. Yeah. Uh, so when the uh, window got cracked and the water came in, it set up the uh, evacuation on the ship and all the remaining uh, frozen pods, they got ejected. So those are all people. So that's why at the end, it says, I think uh, whatever the company, uh, the plan was called Terra or Terran or whatever. 
it was it's a year one population twelve thirteen because there okay, yep. thirteen survivors left on the ship. Yeah, which I liked. Not everybody should have. You know, you, you don't start a civilization with two people with three people yeah. because after a while you're gonna flip her babies. You know? Right. Exactly. You, just, you, you don't date your cousin. Yep. You don't kiss your sister. You know. Um, so on the tongue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I like the fact that there were multiple people, so that yeah. if they had to, they can they can start their own little civilization because mm-hmm. they're not all familiar, you know. It's exactly. not one big family branch on a family tree, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give my uh, my final thoughts here. So uh, Pandorum was was much better than I remembered it being. It honestly feels like a um, I don't know if deeper is the correct word or just more convoluted version of the descent um but obviously set in a spaceship and i love that about it um the creatures were creepy well designed and they were detailed enough that they represented a real threat to our main characters which i thought the director set up really well um the acting is is top of the line all across the board and so much is said when there is no dialogue at all which is really impressive um, there are almost too many twists and turns at the, at the, kind of from that moment we talked about, uh, kind of the three quarters of the waypoint through the end, um, that it gets a bit convoluted. But, you know, I still enjoyed the ride to the finish line, which is important. Um, this is exactly what I think of when I find myself wanting to watch a space horror film. So it's a perfect movie to end this arc on, I think. Um, though it could have cleared up some things at the end, the, the special effects, the acting and, and overall just badass fight scenes, uh, plus some genuinely creepy moments in there as well, more than made up for it. So I'm giving Pandorum three out of four stars. So what about you, Ash? What are your final thoughts on Pandorum and your star rating? Um, I liked it. Uh, I liked the uh, the twists and turns. I mean, it's been a while since I watched it last because I only got to watch the Blu-ray like once or twice, I think, yeah. before it vanished. <laughs> um. But uh no, I liked it. I like the 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 main twist with uh the with Quaid's character. Um watching it this time, I the only thing I didn't like about Foster was the way they did his kind of insanity shots. I liked that it was different, you know, but I didn't like the I don't know, just the 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 way they shot it a little bit. Maybe maybe I was just tired when I watched it. Yeah, like the quick the quick cutting and quick editing at the end you're talking about, right? Yeah, that yeah. that was kind of uh, I and it accomplished what it was supposed to do because it's supposed to, you know, we're seeing him off, you know. Right. It, it, but it, that kind of bothered me while I was watching it. Um uh, I liked that um it was like a multinational crew and that we couldn't understand the one dude. Yeah. Uh, I think he was Filipino. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, he, he could understand him enough to, to, to get him to work with him, but he, you know, it's just like, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I liked the, I liked some of the, the designs for like the pods and stuff like that. But I think, I think, uh, my, my biggest problem with the movie was that it was, it was so dark this time and I've kind of. I, I become annoyed with it. It's like I I like the sets in my movies lit enough that I can actually kind of see the stuff. You know, I I don't mind them disappearing into the shadows, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's the point of building the set if we can't see the damn thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I had that problem with Aliens versus Predator Two. 
uh, like it was just so freaking dark through half the movie at night. It's like they didn't know how to shoot at night at all. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? Oh, Relic. The Relic where they tried to use natural light underground. There's no light underground. So you can't see anything. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, that kind of bugged me, but I, overall, I do like the movie. Uh, I liked it enough to buy it again instead of renting it. Right. Um, so, uh, I, I give it a three out of four. Okay, perfect. And what about you, Mark? Um, yeah. So like I, uh, previously mentioned, uh, initially did not like this film all these years later, I really did. Um, I was kind of hesitant to watch it again just because of my previous experience, but I'm really glad I did. Um, acting was good. Special effects were good. The practical makeup was fantastic. Um, the fight scenes were good. Again, design was good. Audio was even good. I have really, I really don't have that many complaints on it. Um, I'm just, I'm disappointed again that you know Peyton went bad because I kind of liked his good guy character. I still think Cam Gigadet yeah. is too pretty for this film, or just in yeah, general. Yeah. I think he's just right. too pretty. He's a pretty man. Um, apart from that, I think this was the best out of the three films we did for our space horror arc. Um, so I would give this uh, a three out of four as well. Very good. Threes across the board. I think it's the first I'm just curious. Time, I think it's the first time we actually agree on the score. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'd probably put this one above, um, you know, man, I don't know. It's tough. I really liked Event Horizon uh, and I, I like this one. Um, and I think I think what's different about this one is that, like we were saying when we started this review, that it's, it's forgettable. These fight scenes are cool, but there's just something about it. That yeah. doesn't stick with me. Um, whereas Event Horizon still has even – we watched that like a month ago now. So um, I, I'm not sure. I think this will fall behind Event Horizon in even just a week or so's time. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So that is our space horror arc. So with that out of the way, let's move over to our – Besting the Backlog Challenge, and I think this is round six of the Besting the Backlog Challenge, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So, um, as a reminder, each of us uh, take a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and we pick one film for the other person that they haven't seen yet and challenge them to watch that before the next podcast, where they then give a quick review of the film. So... This week, I chose Old Boy for Ash to watch. Ash chose Cannibal Woman in the Avocado Jungle for Mark to watch. Am I saying that right, Mark? Of Death. Oh, okay. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Jungle of Death. Jungle, and, uh, jungle of Death. <laughs> and Mark, you chose uh, Frankenhooker for me to watch. So. Your first. Hell yeah. So uh, let's start with Ash. Ash, what did you think of Old Boy? I liked it. Up until the big reveal at the end of the movie, and then I'm like, this is just too fucked. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. I just, I I like the noir feel to it. This kind of like neo-noir feel to it, and then him trying to figure out what the fuck, you know, why he was in prison for 15 years, but, you know, it was just, what the fuck? Um, I don't know, it... I like the way it was shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the effects. The, effect, eh, the there's this there's a torture scene that made me cringe. 
Uh, and my wife's like, no, no, no. She wasn't even watching it. She was just in the same room. She's just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just, it it's well done. It's just, uh, yeah. The, the big reveal at the end broke me. Um, yeah. I, and I think it's worth a watch if you kind of like the neo-Norse style. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that I, it's not one I'd easily recommend <laughs> to anyone really. Um, I mean, it's well acted. It's, it's pretty good that on that end of things, but yeah, it's just messed up. Yeah, yeah. definitely is. Um, but so I think I gave it like a two out of five on Netflix. That's like one and a half out of four for us. Oh, I'm yeah. heartbroken. Yeah, I, I, I did. I liked it up until the last bit. It's just like, <laughs> no, it's just, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Well, I'm glad you watched it, at least. Um, yeah, so, uh, Mark, you gave me Frankenhooker. So, um, you know, I didn't know too terribly much about Frankenhooker going in. Okay. Um, and I think I just bought it because it was on sale through Arrow Video one day. And, uh, you know, I like the work that they do when the releases, so I ended up picking it up. Um, I knew that this was one of your favorite films, Mark, coming in, because we talked oh, yeah. about that right when we first started podcasting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, but that's really all I knew about it. But I got to say, I really had a good time with this goofy-ass movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you're unaware, Frankenhooker is about uh, a man named Jeff whose fiance dies in a lawnmower accident at the beginning of the film. Um, well, Jeff is this genius of sorts, I guess, and he decides that he wants to take his knowledge to essentially bring her back to life using uh, a lightning bolt charge um, and the body parts of another woman or women, as it may turn out. Um so that, that's the basic gist of the film. Uh, I mean, it, it's absolutely as goofy as you would expect from that description. Um, the acting is all over the top, except, except for Jeff, who plays this as seriously and straight as you could possibly hope. And it really helps drive the film home for me. Uh, it really reminded me of Reanimator, uh, where a lot of the acting's over the top, but the main character is taking it as seriously and as literally as possible and that just doesn't it works really well that way um patty mullen in the uh, frankenstein's monster role um she's ridiculous but she's really funny um the whole thing frankly is just ridiculous but the story is put together surprisingly well and it it just makes for a hell of a good time to watch so um i I, i'm giving frankenhooker three out of four stars so uh, thank you for introducing me to this gem no, you're very welcome. Uh, yeah, I. It, it's a film that you just have to sit down and watch, you know, because whatever you say will just not give it justice sometimes. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's it's so out there, but yeah. you need to experience it. I, you know, I by chance just came across it at an HMV, got the DVD for cheap. I think I've bought it three times since, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm double dipping, upgrading, and yeah, I just fucking love this movie. I've met the director, I've met the cast. Um, yeah, I, oh, I I just love this film. This is uh, the Frankenhooker, the titular character, is, is tattooed on your body, is it not? No, but it will be a future uh, tattoo. Oh, okay. I remember yeah, you talked – I didn't remember if you had it or were getting it. Okay. No, I will be I will be getting it uh, eventually. That's probably my next piece after, awesome. uh, after I give some time away from my arm. Cool. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's definitely enjoyable. Definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it yet just for – uh, the kind of the cult appeal to it, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So the the big question of the week: How in the bloody hell was Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death? 
Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. It was so fucking good. Uh, okay, so uh, this is directed by J.F. Lawton, uh, but uh, it's uh, listed as J.D. Athens uh, on the DVD Blu-ray. Um, so it's from 1989. And this, to best describe it, it would be a Cinemax, a Cinemax adult comedy. <laughs> okay. Um, not that there's a lot of nudity. There's a brief nudity at the beginning, but then there's nothing after, which is disappointing because yeah. it is a beautiful film. And there's Bill Maher. Um, but it would be one of those like sexy comedies where there's a lot of TNA, but it's more cheesecakey, you know, loincloths and stuff like that. Um <laughs> So I'm going to read you a synopsis I found on IMDb, which I like a lot, okay? So, the government <laughs> hires a feminist, Shannon Tweed, at the local university to track down the piranha woman living in the uncharted avocado jungle, which is in California, to convince them to move to a reservation condo in Malibu. She hires a guide at the edge of the jungle, a male chauvinist pig, Bill Maher, and they have many arguments about men and women as they work their way in and eventually confront the piranha woman. Um, so this, the main theme is a battle of the sexes, the patriarchy versus the matriarchy. Um, it's Shannon Tweed and Bill Maher going head, bumping heads, head to head. Bill Maher is a pig, but he's not a dirty pig. He's just, very, he, he plays a macho character, but he's not a macho guy, you know? So he's got a, a huge act in this film. Like his character wants to be super macho, but he really isn't, but kind of is, you know? He's just not as <laughs> much as he wants to be or yeah. thinks he is. Um, so him and Shannon, which of course they used to date, so that's where they bicker a lot. They can't get along. Mm -hmm. So they're going in the jungle to try to talk to the piranha women so that the U.S. Army can collect the avocados. Um Joining them is a uh, actress by name of uh, Karen Waldron. She plays Bunny, and she is your typical late '80s um, Valley girl. Okay, hilarious. That's <laughs> everything she wears. She must have thirty different outfits. From scene to scene, her outfit is different, and it's all in pink. She's always oh, nice. wearing pink. This money was money. This movie was so funny. <laughs> It's it. It hit me in all the right spots, you know. Yeah. Uh, so again, direct to video, cheesecakey, sexy, funny. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Adrian Barbeau's in it. Um, she plays Doctor Kurtz, and she is a feminist uh, professor as well. And because she went missing in the Avocado Jungle, that's when the U.S. Army uh, asks Shannon Tweed's character, Doctor Margot Hunt to go search for her because she's a feminist as well and probably have a better chance to find another feminist in the jungle. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's really, it's it's worth getting. Right now, I have the Blu-ray uh, uh, version of the film by Full Moon Features. Okay. So Full Moon, I guess, got the rights to it and released a Blu-ray. I was expecting a shit transfer. Yeah. Just because it's Full Moon and as much as my nostalgic heart loves it, Ah, uh, you get burned once in a while for, by them. Um, right. But the picture, the quality is actually really good. The transfer is decent. Only shitty thing is there's very few special features. Uh, oh, you got okay. some full moon uh, trailers and the original trailer for the film, and that's it. No hmm. behind the scenes, no commentary. I was going to go the full gamut on this Blu-ray because I liked it. Um, yeah. By far, not a perfect film, 
but for a late 80s cult, you know, late night cable classic, this is a movie you would see on USA Up All Night. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you think of it in those terms, right. I gave it a four out of four. Very good. That's As awesome. for what it is. But in the grand scheme of things, I think the average person will probably just give it a two. But yeah. if you're looking for a late night fun film, it's a four. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally recommend picking it up. I picked mine up at Cinema Wasteland, but mm-hmm. uh, you can probably find it easy in Amazon or I think Full Moon because it's a Full Moon Pictures release. It's probably on their streaming service if you subscribe to it. So it's available to get. It's not difficult to find. Cool. Excellent. So with that in mind, we are picking for ourselves for next week. So Mark, yes. continue on. Which film will you be watching and talking about next week for the Besting the Backlog Challenge? Well, after really pondering and thinking about it while eating chocolate uh, pretzels and having my beer, I'm going to go back to Full Moon and go with Trancers 3. (laughs) Yeah, it is. The end of time is just the beginning. Excellent. Trancers 3. Perfect. So Trancers 3 for Mark. Ash, what about you? What are you watching for next week? Um, good question. I'm just looking through my list here. Don't go transfers forward. That'll break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I, I, I won't. I won't. Pick. For some reason, Netflix hasn't picked those up. Uh, that's, a, that's a shame. They are gems. Time capsules, even. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 13 Assassins from 2010. Oh, that's an excellent one. I was looking at that one, and uh, it was one of the ones I was thinking about uh, giving you last week. So that's that's a good choice. I like that film a lot. Okay, cool. Hopefully you will too. Is it one Antonio Banderas? No. No. It's a, um, it's a remake of uh, uh, like another. Oh, I'm thinking the 13th Warrior. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you guys are talking about. It's, um, wow, what's his name? Uh, Takashi Miyake's. It's a Takashi Miyake film and it's brilliant. I have not seen it either. I, just for record, I just looked it up. I gave it a 10 out of 10 on IMDb. Holy shnikes. Yeah, I really like that movie. It's excellent. Anyway, um, so I am so as some of our listeners might know, Noir, uh, rather November, is also known as hashtag Noirvember on Twitter, and so I decided that I want to watch at least a film from the Noir um, era, and so I. I'm going to watch my unopened copy of this film. So it's from Studio Canal Collection, and it is uh, The Third Man, the Carol Reed film. So I've uh, heard a ton about this, um, and uh, I'm really excited to watch it. So it's a noir film. It's called The Third Man by Carol Reed. It actually has Orson Welles in it. So that one should be good. So I'm really excited to watch that one. Have you you've seen that one? No. No, I, right. I think I saw a clip on Brazzers.com for The Third Man. I'm not yeah. sure if it's in film or not. <laughs> That's probably the same one. With Orson Welles? Yeah, it's probably the same thing. I, I, I don't know. I'll have to check to see the MDB. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. So just to recap, Mark, you are watching Trancers 3. Yes. Ash, you are watching 13 Assassins. And I will be watching for Noir Vember, The Third Man. Awesome. 
So that is that for this week. And the and that's that for this week. And the space horror arc is completed. So next week we begin a brand new home invasion arc with a review of 2006's Them. So make sure you catch that so you can follow along in the podcast next week. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever it else it might be that you're listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. And thank you again for taking a couple hours out of your day to listen to the three of us talk about Space Horror. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ash, for joining me again this week. Hopefully you guys had some fun. Sure did. Always. Absolutely. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 